Thank you, Vaughn, for bringing us headlines. Lagos, let's bring you today's Balogun and Broad. If you earn a living, you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion-dollar valuation of Balogun and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of and Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I was spent on fuel control mm. was 4000 Balogo and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. How will the CBN's managed float of the Naira affect your business? That's our big question. A question we started asking last week. We're continuing today. The decision to float the Naira is one of the biggest stories in the business world. The central bank has clarified that the Naira is undergoing a managed float, not a free float. That's our business hard fact. And since last week, we've been talking about this policy decision and all the other related announcements um, from them. And we're continuing today with the founder and chief analyst at Naira Metrics, Ugochuku Obichuku. Welcome to Balogun Broad on Hard Facts. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're speaking. If you are, we can't hear you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, good. Lagos, we're streaming live. You can watch, of course, Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3, YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. I, I'm sure you have questions, you have comments about the float of the Naira, how it's going to affect your business. This is, after all, the realest business show on the radio. We talk about how the issues in the news affect businesses of all sizes and the people who work for them. Now, let's start at the beginning, Uguchuku. Let's start at the very beginning. Why did Nigeria have multiple exchange rates to begin with hmm. so um i think nigeria historically have had um, multiple exchange rates uh, but i think it became perfect pervasive um a few years ago just before um just well maybe maybe before maybe not before but after covid struck um <clears throat> flashback to 2019 um, when oil prices started dipping and um, Nigerian exchange rate um, was now under pressure because it was pretty clear to foreign investors that oil revenues would drop. Uh, and so for that reason, I think that they started moving money out of, of, of the economy and then we saw the first wave of depreciation. I think it went from about 360 to 375 and then 390. Hmm. Uh, it was being managed until COVID struck and then, uh, of course, all hell let loose. And then in trying to, you know, manage the or stabilize the exchange rates, governments usually follow a number of policies. Um, one that is very familiar with most African countries or emerging or um, developing economies is what we call, um, you know, capital controls. So what they tend to do is because they don't have significant amount of dollar reserves to back their currency, uh, they tend to control how much of that currency is exiting the country. Uh, they also try to control demand for Forex, uh, which is dollars. And so when you start to do that, um, it creates, it typically creates temporary, temporal panic, which can become permanent or pervasive 
if it's not controlled quickly. So um, that happened in 2020. Um, foreign investors were finding difficult to repatriate their money. If you recall very well, there were now several policies upon policies that were being released by the CBN, right. all in a bid to manage demand. Uh, and so because ultimately they just wanted to have a, a semblance of a stable exchange rate that really wasn't reflective of um, reality. And so for that reason, they now had multiple exchange rate markets. So you had exchange rates that uh, they were using to sell dollars to BDCs. They had exchange rate they were using to convert Nigeria's oil revenue uh, to states for FACA location, you had exchange rate for PTA and BTA, which is travel allowances. Uh, you also had exchange rate at the investor and exporter window, which is which was actually working before uh, you know COVID struck. Now again, the underlying reason why you had this exchange rate was because the CBN just wanted to have a, a fixed rate and control, you know, the 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 supply of forex uh, in the country. And remember, that also kind of resonated with what the ex-president Buhari wanted. He wanted, uh, he always thought that Nigeria's exchange rate and dollar should be stable or shouldn't even move, which, of course, uh, it's unrealistic. Uh, And so back then, if you recall, Emile used to say that, uh, look, he kind of felt like in a lot of the demand, there were fictitious demand, there were speculators, uh, the Naira wasn't that weak, uh, this is not reality, that's not real. Uh, and so as long as we kept holding on uh, to that uh, belief that the exchange rate was, you know, was not depreciating, uh, of course, the parallel market had its own ideas and had its own, had, had its own uh, understanding of reality. And so we started to see dislocation within the markets. Eventually, sometime in 2021, the CBN now moved to about 440 and then it was there uh, up until just recently, um, you know, it was always at 440, but nobody in reality was buying at 440. Mm. Uh, so essentially what he was trying to do was just to manage demand. I mean, he came up with all sorts of policies uh, to try to manage demand. Mind you, um, Forex is usually a demand and supply play. So mm-hmm. uh, if you have enough supply of Forex in your country mm-hmm. and to match demand, then you would exchange, you would achieve stability. Mm. But you don't have enough supply but demand is increasing, the prices would always depreciate. Hmm. Now, the issue with central banks is that, oh, you know what, since supply is not coming, remember, you also had global economic issues. A lot of countries were still reeling from COVID. Um, A lot of advanced countries or developed economies uh, didn't want to invest in emerging markets or sub-Saharan African countries like Nigeria. So Mm -hmm. dollar wasn't really coming in. So the central bank thought, well, in its own wisdom, maybe it was better to just control demand, which... In hindsight, a lot of people always said it was a wrong move uh, because that now even scared away the few foreign investors mm-hmm. that might have invested in Nigeria. So mm-hmm. kind of worsened the entire situation. And and then so they started creating a multiple market. You know what it is like when things are very bad? You start mm-hmm. to now, you know, look at ways to mm-hmm. fix it, like mm-hmm. patching a leaking roof. As you're doing that, the water is draining from everywhere. And so... That's how we landed with several, um, you know, exchange rates. And that's such a beautiful uh, way to, like, take us through the history of it all and then to where we are um, um, now. Because the CBN just clarified that even what we have now is is a managed float. It's not a free float. Um, what factors are behind the CBN's reluctance to let the Naira float completely, Ugochuku? 
Um, so, you know, in it, so onwards, I mean, I was having a discussion with somebody who's also very savvy with, with economic issues, uh, macroeconomic issues. And um, I mean, the understanding is that, look, most countries, even in the West, don't necessarily operate full float in, in, I mean, in that sense. Mm. Um, or look, maybe that's, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but maybe most developing economies are emerging market economies that want to attract foreign investors don't really operate full floats. For example, even in China, right, uh, they don't really operate full floats. They still operate managed floats, even though uh, they own most of Nigeria's, um, sorry, they own significant amount of external reserves. So uh, they tend to adopt managed floats. So managed floats is, it's also a bit of a float. So maybe I should just start by explaining what a float is. So Mm -hmm. a float essentially is you've decided that your currency is going to dance uh, to the tune of demand and supply. It's just the same way if you go to the market today and you want to buy oranges. It's the price that you know is in the market that you buy. Nobody controls orange prices, do they? No one. Orange prices is just determined by the market. So if the demand is more than the supply, there's likelihood that orange prices will be high. If supply is more than demand, there's likelihood that orange prices will be lower. Mm-hmm. So FX is a bit like that, and that's what a float is. However, because most emerging markets like Nigeria depend a lot on imports, right? So if you, if and because you depend a lot on imports, you don't necessarily have a huge dollar reserve because you don't export a lot of things. And so that means the dollars that you have is just enough to fund things that are very important in the country, right? So um, most times they tell you that your dollar reserve should be able to fund six months of imports, right? Because you import a lot of stuff. So uh, in the case of Syria, uh, because we rely a lot on imports and it's not like we have extraordinary good reserves. We actually have just very, our reserves are not that robust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you now say, oh, if you float the currency, that means you just allow market to determine the price. Mm-hmm. Then find yourself in a situation where the exchange rate is suddenly maybe 1,000 or 2,000 or whatever mm-hmm. to, to the Naira all because you just want to float your exchange rate. Now, it does happen even in developed economies. If you recall, sometime early this year, mm-hmm. um, early this year or late last year in the UK, mm-hmm. the pounds was just crazy. Was, yes, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, leading to prime minister having to resign. Mm-hmm. And that's because um, the, the, the British pound is operating a, a full float. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was losing value against the dollar. So imagine economies, they don't really like that to happen because they often don't have a buffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK and most economies, they do have buffers. A buffer, again, is a huge external reserves. And, and then they have way of, they, they have a lot of exports. So, and then, you know, they, they actually consume most of what produce. Mm-hmm. So, uh, imported inflation, which is actually the key problem with exchange rates, uh, is reduced in those countries. So, in emerging markets like Nigeria, you now tend to operate what is called a managed flow. Now, what that essentially means is the way the exchange rate was in maybe 2019, uh, a lot of us, you know, tend to forget that back then the exchange rate was fairly stable, mm. where whatever market you were. It was like 360 or 363, but within that band. Mm. Now, uh, what was happening then was, uh, let's assume that you had somebody who wanted to buy a billion dollars or you had a total demand of a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And you had 
600 million dollars in the market mm -hmm. for sale mm -hmm. now what it means is that the people who have a billion dollars will be willing to pay significantly more for the 600 million dollar that is available which is pure demand and supply so if the exchange rate opened at, at maybe 750 that morning mm -hmm. is every likelihood that at 760 mm -hmm. or 770 mm -hmm. because there's a lot more demand than supply. Mm -hmm. Now, in a month load, what the central bank governor, central bank will do is say, look, I don't really like that there is um, a 400 million, $400 million dollar dollar demand difference. Right. In demand. Yes. So here's what I will do. I will come in and sell that $400 million from my reserves. Mm. So if I sell it, I can determine the price that I want to sell it at, right? So that way, the exchange rate might not go to 770, but it won't be 760, but it will probably be maybe 765 or 766. So that's a managed float. Mm -hmm. But in a full float, the central bank wouldn't even intervene at all, mm. right? They would mm. just say like, guys do whatever you want to do i really don't care if it goes to 800 then so be it mm -hmm. right but implication of that that would immediately lead to inflation and then just cause different problems of its own so that's why most emerging markets tend to write do, do manage now now as yeah go ahead careless. you finish that yeah so long as what so long as the, the central bank is not careless about it mm. right because reckless yeah, mm -hmm. right. Now, I've heard um, a few analysts who've said that um, uh, there could be advantages to a weaker currency. And so they say things like, rather than try to defend the Naira at a particular value, um, shouldn't the CB, you know, couldn't the CBN perhaps take advantage um, of um, a weaker currency? Are there no advantages that the CBN and the government could leverage for our economy? What do you think about that? Sorry, I missed that. Advantage, in what terms? So you have, you have analysts who say that rather than try to defend the Naira at a particular value, there um, are there advantages to a weaker currency that the CBN and the government could leverage for our oh, economy? Oh, oh. Of course. I mean, um, uh, there are some countries that love weaker currencies and it does have a huge advantage. Now, but you would like weaker currency if you're in an export business. I mean, think about it. Let's assume that you export soap. Hmm. That's all you do. Hmm. Just produce soap and export. And export, right. The weaker the dollar, weaker the Naira, right, the more Naira you have. Hmm. Because what it means is that if you export soap worth a million dollars mm -hmm. and the exchange rate is 750, then that means you, you make 750 million Naira, isn't hmm. it? But if the exchange rate goes to 800 Naira, then that same $1 million of soap mm -hmm. gets you $800 million. Mm -hmm. So for countries that produce a lot, they tend to like uh, weaker currency. Uh, and even government also gets a lot more money to share mm -hmm. when the currency is weaker, mm -hmm. right? Because then fact allocation is now a lot more in Naira terms. Mm -hmm. but, but Sandra, the, the thing is that that can also be a problem if you don't export a lot. Because what it means is that Fine, you get all the Naira you want, mm -hmm. but that's just going to trigger inflation because prices of goods and services are going to go up. So you've got to be able to balance it very well uh, for it to work. So that is why I had mentioned that the central bank has to be actually very disciplined uh, when they want to implement managed flow mm -hmm. because you also don't want to use uh, reserves to keep defending the currency 
at, 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 at any point in time or whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's got to be targeted. Mm. Yeah. Lagos, join the conversation 0700 993 993 993 01465 7190. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili and I've got to Gujuku Obichuku here with me. He is founder and chief analyst at Naira Metrics. And today we're talking about how the CBN's managed fruit of the Naira will affect your business. We've got WhatsApp too. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. Let's talk about the CBN also raising the DOM account cash withdrawal limit. Ugochuku, um, what did it hope to achieve with that limit? What were the negative impacts on business? Um, they don't, I mean, they're very... Not a limited limit negative impact, but maybe let's start with why it was even done in the first place. So mm. you remember what I had mentioned earlier about trying to wrestle demand mm-hmm. as a way of achieving exchange rate stability, which mm-hmm. is what uh, the central bank under government immediately felt was uh, the best policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do that, uh, they now started curbing how much people were using their dumb accounts. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't want you know, trade or they didn't want people to convert a lot of their Naira into dollars and that's a dollar transaction. They were, they were basically just trying to, you know, stop dollarization right. in their own ways, right? So right. they felt, look, why don't we just put all sorts of restrictions on dollars so you can transfer, if you had dollars in one bank A, you can transfer it to bank B. Uh, and even if you want to transfer it to bank B, you must clearly explain why you want to do it. You right. must show invoices. And things, I mean, these were all just towards trying to limit demand so that um, you can have um, stable, you know, exchange rate. Uh, And so a lot of people didn't like it because they felt it was artificial and it was not well thought through. And it was being done because you were just trying to manage, you know, stable exchange rate, which you could actually not achieve. And so those things actually exacerbated the issue. And that is why you saw that huge disparity between the official market and, you know, the black market. And the black market just kept going worse, that mm-hmm. kept getting worse with mm-hmm. which, with each new FX policy uh, aimed at curbing demand, uh, the FX was just, the exchange rate was just and getting worse. But now that it's it's off the table, hey, what it means is that, I mean, if you, you for Nigerians who want to, you know, maybe walk, and earn abroad, and but live here in Nigeria, you can earn dollars, and you open your dumb account, and you keep it, rather than keep it in foreign accounts. Because what was happening is that a lot of Nigerians just got fed up and started opening you know, foreign accounts in other countries, and were stashing their dollars there. But now that you know their restrictions off for dumb share account, then you can just have your dumb share account open up here, and then fund your bank account with dollars. I mean, the downside is that people can still convert their Naira to dollars, but the, the, the thinking is that if you, if you remove the restriction, you allow a lot more influence. Remember that thing I talked mm-hmm. about with supply? Mm-hmm. You have a lot more uh, have dollars. So when there's not a lot of dollars in the economy, I mean, typically what might happen is that, that that's oversupply of dollars might just now match demand, mm. right? And then it's just simple, just, just how banking works. So imagine, Sandra, that you had... $20,000 in the account and you just kept it there and maybe you don't have any use for it. You just bought it because you wanted to just save some of your money uh, in dollars. In dollars, yeah. Right now, what it means, if I, let's assume I want to uh, pay for something in the in the US or in the UK, maybe I, I wanted to pay for um, 
uh, a service that so, some company rendered rendered to my to my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will need ten thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So what the bank would do is the bank would just uh, tell me, okay, come buy ten thousand dollars from us at seven fifty six or seven sixty five, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. So I would buy that dollars they are giving me is your dollars, right? right. So they give me your dollars. And right, and then I use it for what I want to do. What I want to use it for, then they wait and they cannot see somebody else. At some point, exchange with my now, my, my now strengthen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they will now maybe buy again, right, and then replace your dollars back because I mean they don't think you're gonna need that dollars anytime soon. So you see that sort of encourages transactions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. But, the but will the can, but will the commercial banks can, and the CBN be able to meet the increased demands now that? Um, I can, you know, just swap it out. Will demand has increased, like you mentioned earlier on, or demand will increase? Will they be able to meet the new demand? Well, that's the concern. So temporarily, um, I I don't think so. Uh, but uh, the 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 impression that people get, and that's why you see the market responding positively, is that over time um, supply will come back. Hmm. There are still a number of things. That done before supply comes back but the first major step is unifying the exchange rates and allowing the managed flow so that's why um people are very positive that it might work so you tend to hear a lot of people say it might get worse before it, you know it gets, it gets better, better. But, right but that's it. right okay uh before i talk to gochiku some more lagos here's something you need to hear all right thank you very much you heard the woman play and play responsibly lagos i'm sandra Ezekwasili, and i have the founder and chief analyst at naira metrics on the show today Ugochuku obichuku we're talking about how the cbn's managed float of the naira will affect your business we started at the very beginning why did we have multiple exchange rates and then we talked about um what it actually means to now have this managed float um versus a free float um why are we not letting it float completely um we've talked as well about um the 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 raising of uh, the limits on your um dom accounts the withdrawal limits on your on your dom accounts and what that could um you know help achieve for you as a business for cbn for the banks etc etc um when we come back from this break that we're about to go on ugo will talk to us about um foreign direct investment so when the float was first announced, a lot of analysts said that it would encourage foreign investment, right? But now that we know that it's a managed float, what signal will that send to investors? Is there a risk that investors will say, eh, okay, um, they'll soon go back to the old system. So um, if the Naira gets too weak, they're going to um, know. So we're, we're, we're just going to wait and see how things play out. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. Ugochukwu is the expert in the room. He'll let us know uh, when we come back from the break. We'll also talk about the impact on businesses, especially those of you who rely on imports for your business. Um, what should you expect in terms of access to Forex to make um, um, your imports? Especially when you remember that we still have those 43 items restricted still. Again, I'm Sandra Ezekwesli. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria. Info, don't go away. Hard, hard Facts will be right back. 
if you earn a living, you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion dollar valuation of Balogu and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of and Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I was spent on fuel so on fro mm. was 4000 On Balogun and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili Lagos. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. How will the CBN's managed float of the Naira affect your business? I've got the founder and chief analyst at Naira Metrics on the show with me, Ugo Dre Obichuku, and he's answering the questions that I have. He'll answer the questions you have as well. If you give us a call on 01465 7190 and 07009. 993-993-993. Ugodre, before the break, um, I mentioned that um, I was going to ask what this um, managed float signals to foreign investors, right? Um, does it say to them, look, um, they'll soon go back to the old system if the Naira gets too weak, so let's hold off on investing, you know? Because when the story first broke, all the analysts were like, oh, this is really good. Um, foreign investment will start pouring back into the country. Do we still feel that way, even though it's a managed float now? I mean, you got to be positive, or shouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so I am positive. Um, yeah, and I think there are indications that uh, they would return. Um, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, it does take time. Uh, they would want to see, you know, how all the policies line uh, because there's still a lot of untying that needs to happen that is that is still happening uh they want to see i mean this is just a two weeks old uh market and right. and you already see pointers i mean typically when foreign investors want to come in the bellwether is usually the stock market and uh, the stock market hit sixty thousand points um just um of um yesterday and that's the first time we've been that level since guess when 2008 so you can imagine, um, you know, this sort of uh, sentiments that's out there. Hmm. Now, there's still a number of things that happen, though. Um, foreign investors have said, look, we see what's going on. We like it. But interest rates are still very low in Nigeria. So if you want to save money in the bank, food in the fixed deposit, hmm. you're still going to be getting negative real return. A negative real return is when your savings or fixed deposit rates is lower than inflation. Hmm. Uh, you tend to get negative real return. And so they don't like that. Mm. And so they're saying, look, you got to be able to uh, increase uh, your interest rate. And and that has implications, Sandra. You know that when you increase interest rates, then borrowing becomes expensive. Uh, it then becomes a lot more difficult for people um, to invest in their business or to expand. Uh, and that's all because inflation is high. So it, it's still a long way to go. Um, I personally don't think foreign investors will be back uh, until maybe the last quarter of this year or maybe even early next year um so it's going to take a while but i think in in, in the meantime what you're going to see is um um maybe sale of crude oil now 
becoming a bit more robust. We've taken away uh, subsidy now. So all the dollars that was going away from subsidy, it's gone, stopped now. So we can have some savings uh, on that front. Um, diaspora Nigerians can now start to remit dollars back into the country because uh, all those restrictions are no longer there. You and I who have maybe dumb accounts can now start to you know, use our dumb accounts a lot more. You're happy now to sell some of the dollars you have in your dumb accounts rather than just keep it there. And so that's, those are the things you're going to see happening. Uh, you're gradually going to see airlines now, you know, start to operate fully again. Uh, some investors will start trickling in. So those are the signs. Uh, so once you start to see those things, uh, know that it looks like they're gradually coming back. Uh, and then, you know, you start to see more stable exchange rates. So we, we, we're just, you know, at the beginning of, 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 of things getting better. Okay. All right. Uh, Lagos, 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. Let's talk now about um, the impact of this float on businesses, uh, Ugodre, especially those who rely on imports. What should they expect to see in terms of access to Forex to make um, their imports? Um, I think that those who rely on imports um, to do business should be able to um, access Forex a lot more easily. Uh, mind you, um, this excludes those who import things that are in the band list. Remember, the, we, we've got this 43-item band list that the central bank still retains. Uh, that band list emanated from you know the former CBN governor's, uh, one of his landmark policies, um, that was, or maybe most criticized policy that he had. So, uh, but if you're importing anything else outside of that list, uh, you can import from the INE window. You can, sorry, you can buy dollars from the INE window, but you're not going to be paying the for something price that people were, were getting then. Uh, you're going to be paying your, the real price, which is 750 something or 760 something. Uh, likewise, for, for, any, for those who maybe can't access that market, they can also buy the black market. But it's just that they're probably going to be paying it slightly higher. But you know what's interesting, Sandra? Yeah. Um, the black market seems like it's even stronger than the official market. So which shows that a lot of the demand is actually in the official market. Yeah, so it's, I tried want. to buy dollars today and my bank was selling it. Uh, I would have made more money if I had bought it from my bank than from my abuki. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah. All right. Um, Nestle just announced that it's replacing cornstarch with cassava in its recipes because it cannot source um, cassava locally. How much of that decision is down to rising import costs and um, and how much is down to difficulty sourcing forex to begin with? Sorry, it can source um, cassava locally. That's why it's replacing um, cassava with cornstarch. Yeah, it's a it's a hundred billion dollar problem for Nestle. Um, I mean, we're, we're looking at their reports, uh, and they said that they spent um, two hundred twenty three or so billion on uh, raw materials and consumables uh, in twenty twenty two, compared to one sixty three billion or so in twenty one. So. Uh, I mean, it does contribute a whole lot because if you're importing um, 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 raw materials that we don't make here, like corn, mm. then uh, you're likely to 
lot more because uh, you're going to be in, um, in, um, in dollars. Let's also remember that commodity prices are also um, higher globally than they are locally. And that's still a lot of, um, um, because of the Ukraine war, so commodity prices are, are, are more expensive. So importing is a bit difficult for them now. Hmm. Uh, and remember as well that the government also is trying to encourage uh, a policy that allows companies to resource their raw materials domestically. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, cassava is also a good. Uh, I will use the, uh, the the connection uh, to um, the connection to Google has gotten it. really bad. Sorry about that, Lagos. Um, but um, while we try, hopefully, to solve that problem, let's talk to you zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Hello, thanks for calling us. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. What's your name, sir? My name is Emmanuel from Alakwere. Emmanuel from Alakwere, welcome. Yes. You want to confirm me in this uh, subsidy talk. Okay. During the time of uh, Shemole being labor leader, mm. he went on strike almost four or five times. No, ambassador, they removed the subsidy. Which of the court they keep saying that uh, subsidy removal again? But we know uh, they but we know they discuss subsidy now. It'd be like saying Awazobia, you won't call, you can't call me. Eh? We know they discuss subsidy now. What do we discuss now now dollar? We they discuss unification of dollar. But thank you very much for calling. All right, we've got uh Ugodre back um on the call now. Ugo hi. Hi, I hope you can hear me clearly. Now. Yes, it's okay. much better now, yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm back. Um, so I was talking about Nestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I was saying is that uh, a lot more expensive for Nestle because uh, they have to import all their raw materials. And Russia-Ukraine war didn't also help. So commodity prices are more expensive. Uh, um, and, and so for them, it's better for them to source those raw materials domestically. I guess the question you ask is, why weren't they sourcing the dumb raw materials domestically mm-hmm. anyway? Mm-hmm. But that's because we didn't have... A- uh, uh, you know, a Greek uh, economy. But if you can say there's one thing that, you know, the Buhari government did well is in the lot of investment they had in the agri sector. So now a lot of companies also started doing what they call backward integration. So as much as they were importing stuff, they also invested in the local farm farming. And then they now have a more uh, robust uh, cassava, you know, you know, farming business. So that is what they are doing now because they feel that will save them a lot of money. Uh, I mean, remember, Sandra, they, they make money in Naira. They sell their goods in Naira. So it's better for you to pay for cassava in Naira than to go and start looking for dollars so that you can import corn that is even more expensive. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I have to talk about the 43 items that we still have um, restricted. Um, what are the implications of that? You know, will it leave open a gap for a black market? Uh, um, in, black market domination? Like, will it leave, will it leave open a, a, a gap for black market to supply importers, you know, with the USD for those items? Well, yes, um, that's the concern um, because if you're saying that those items um, can no longer be, you know, cannot access uh, Forex mm-hmm. in the official market, then uh, the likelihood is that they would go um, to the black market. But 
the thing is that these items also are actually banned. Uh, is most of them are actually banned uh, from Nigerian customs list. So they're actually not, you know, things that they are contraband items. Maybe that's the better word. Right. Most of them, maybe not all of them, but most of them are actually contraband. And so even those who import them, you know, typically import them in guys, in these guys. Uh, so, I mean, so if you if you import things like this in these guys, then of course you're always going to be, have to go to the black market to, to access Forex anyway. And there's a reason why government does that. And government is doing this because they're trying to encourage local production. So think about, they're telling you that, look, why are you importing tableware? Why are you importing textile? Why are you importing toothpick? Why are you importing furniture? Uh, these are some of the items that you have on the 43 band list that they think uh, we can make domestically. Is that true? I mean, it's left for everyone to know. So uh, it will have effect, um, but a lot of people think it might not be as much as we ex- as we think because there's still a lot more items that we import in Nigeria uh, on the list, uh, on the eligible list. Uh, so the effect might not be as much as a lot of people uh, think. But for now, uh, the for three ban items remains. Um, at least that's what the CBN wants uh, us uh, to believe. Hmm. Now, of course, Lagos, let me remind you what those items are. Rice, cement, margarine, uh, palm oil, palm kernel, vegetable oils, meat and processed meat products, uh, vegetables and processed vegetable products, poultry, so chicken, eggs, turkey, um, private airplanes and jets, Indian incense, uh, tinned fish in sauce, so geisha, sardines, um, cold rolled steel sheets, galvanized steel sheets, roofing sheets, wheelbarrows, headpans, metal boxes and containers, animalware, um, steel drums, steel pipes, wire rods, deformed and not deformed, iron rods and um, reinforcing bars, wire mesh, steel nails, security and razor wire, wood particle boards and panels, wood fiber boards and panels, plywood boards and panels, wooden doors, furniture, toothpicks, glass and glassware, kitchen utensils, tableware, tiles, whether they're vitrified or ceramic, uh, textiles, woven fabrics, clothes, plastic and rubber uh, products, um, uh, soap and cosmetics, tomate, uh, tomatoes and tomato paste, um, euro bond, foreign uh, currency bond, share purchases, dairy and milk, and maize. These are the items on that list. Um, of course, uh, I have to let Ugodre Obijuku go. He's been so gracious with his time today on the show. Ugodre, thank you so much for joining us on Balogun and Broad. My pleasure. Hmm. Thank you for having me. Yes. Lagos, stay here. We're going to talk about exports next. I have our guy from 3T Impact Trade Academy. If you want to get into the exports business, you want to figure out, well, how can I get this to work? Stay here because from 6.15 after the news at 6, he'll be here answering all those questions for you. That segment is brought to you by Stambik IBTC. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. This is Hard Facts. Don't go away.